Have you ever been to a website that just makes you feel right at home? Everything is where it's supposed to be and you know you've come to the right place. That's a website that was designed with the user experience in mind. How does it work? Well, that's what we're gonna talk about today. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is part of the Digital Toolbox, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, I am so very, very excited. I'm going to be talking to Joey Donovan Guido, who is the owner of Cuppa SEO Web Design and the author of the book, A Holistic Guide to Online Marketing. In addition to running his web design firm, he offers consulting and speaking services based on the principles found in his book. And Joey is passionate about and knowledgeable about user experience, so we're going to pick his brain a little today. Joey, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you today, Lorraine? I'm great. How about you? Doing well, thank you. Okay, so let's start with the basics for people who don't live and breathe web design every day. Mm -hmm. What is user experience? Yeah, so user experience is a real simple definition I like to share. It's a user experience is the positive, negative, or neutral experience somebody has when they show up on your website. Uh, And this is important because, as you mentioned in your intro, when somebody arrives and they feel comfortable and they know where they've landed, and they have a really just good idea of what to do next, that can really go a long way in building trust almost immediately before you ever talk to that person. Absolutely. Before we started the the recording session, I was thinking about the fact that as a host, when I invite somebody to my house, I want things set up in a way that makes my guests feel comfortable. And the same is true as you're designing your website. You need to be a good host because if you're not, there's too many other choices and your guests are going to leave. That's a really good visual example because websites are very much like an apartment or a house. And, you know, as you know, things get cluttered, right? In the house, there's piles of stuff and boxes and dust. And that happens on websites. And sometimes they're, they're built intentionally like that. So there's all this noise going on and distraction. And there's five calls to action and three navigations and moving pictures and elements. And you're sitting there as the user saying, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. And you leave. It's like, hey, nice to see you, Lorraine, but your house is a mess. I'm going, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So let's say I'm not really going for the cluttered chic look, that I'm really (laughs) looking for a streamlined and... I don't want a sterile experience. I don't want it to be so cold and impersonal that people don't feel a little bit of of my brand personality. But are there some things I can do that right away improve the user experience? Absolutely. There's some low-hanging fruit that I can share with you. Uh, One is take a look at your navigation and make sure that you have one and only one navigation as opposed to multiple. Get rid of any social media buttons that you've got, unless there's a very specific reason for them in the navigation area, in that real estate, get rid of them because you want people coming from social media to your website, not the other way around. And it's a distraction. It can be a shiny object. Someone clicks on Instagram and boof, they're gone. 
So that's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do is, unless you have a very, very good reason for them, get rid of sliders at the top of your homepage and subpages. This has been proven that they're a distraction to the eye. And if each slider has its own call to action that you want somebody to take, all of a sudden, four or five sliders later, they're like, where was the one I wanted? Mm -hmm. I'm confused. How do I get back to that? And it becomes a problem. You know, when you talk about sliders, one of the things that I always say to clients when we're designing a web dis website is the reason you want a slider is because you don't know what your business is about. Mm -hmm. Because you have two or three favorite items. And so you're like, well, we'll put them all in a slider and then people can pick. But the truth is they're going to pick one and they're going to pick most times the first one that, that they see. And so if that's what's really happening, but you really want to be sure they see two and three, you better put them underneath so they can scroll down and find them. And it used to be a thing, but I think sliders are really very lazy web design now. <laughs> I would agree with you. And I think, I think from a business standpoint, there are a lot of organizations who feel like, well, we just want everybody to know everything that we do. And I always joke, if I walk up to you and say, hi, my name is Joey, there's a pretty good chance you're going to remember my name. Mm -hmm. But if I say, hi, my name is Joey Donovan Guido. I run a web design firm. I'm a speaker and a trainer. Uh, you know, I'm a podcast guest. I got two kids, yada, yada, yada. All of a sudden you're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be lucky if they walk away and Eve, what they will remember is, man, that guy talks a lot. I don't right. remember his name. I don't know what he does, but right. he talks a lot. Yep. Which is not necessarily what you were going for. Exactly. Exactly. It It is lazy web design in a way because it's harder to sit down and decide what is the 80% of our business? Mm -hmm. What is it that we need to show in a visually stimulating, hopefully emotionally engaging way? doesn't need to be boring, like you said, or cold or, or mechanical. It needs to be clean. It needs mm -hmm. to be easy to digest, like one bite of one slice of pizza, not trying to stuff the whole pie in your mouth at the same time. You know, one of the things that I always think about when, when, I, when I get into this conversation is the fact that today, half your, half your web traffic does not start at your homepage. And so if you accept that and you're like, well, we have three audiences, great, build them each their own page because search engines are going to pull to that page. And now if I came looking for the apple pie, I don't want to browse through the peanut butter and the roast beef. I want the info on the apple pie. Yep. And so again, using that, that for that, that one experience, I think is really important. Okay. So I'm going to clean up my navigation. I'm going to clean up my sliders. What else can I do to make guests feel welcome and encourage them to hang around. Yeah. So I've got two more quick things for you. One is I always like to say, make it about them and not you. The more you can address the client or the customer's pain point problem, let them know, you know, like a dental, right? People go to a dental site, not because they want to see how many degrees someone has on the wall. It's because they have pain, literal pain. So whether it's literal or psychological or whatever, how do we solve your pain? That's what we leave with, right? Make it about them, not you. Another thing is to look at your pop-ups, if you have any. 
I've written about the perils of pop-ups. There is can be a time and a place for pop-ups, and sometimes they're super effective in getting people to sign on for stuff or contact you. But if they're showing up within like five seconds when somebody gets to your homepage, that's really intrusive mm -hmm. and a really bad user experience and also can very much lower your conversion rate. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's really something you have to, again, have to have a really specific reason for having that conversion methodology in place. And like we talked about before the recording is where do you place that in the customer journey? You know, we've been experimenting with different types of pop-ups and I don't know that I have that all figured out yet. And one of the things that I notice, and one of the best tests I think is go to your website and surf around for a while and then watch the pop-ups. And if you find yourself getting annoyed, <laughs> Then it's time to dial back the pop-ups. If somebody wanted to learn more about user experience, are there good resources besides obviously going to your website? And we are going to have a link there. So cool. we want them to do that as well. But are there other places where people can kind of explore this topic in more detail? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so you are correct. There are plenty of blog posts on my website about it. Uh, there's a whole two sections dedicated to user experience in my book as well. And there's also a really good book that helped me out a lot when I was getting started learning more about user experience. And the name of the book is Don't Make Me Think. Oh, my goodness. What, what a great title. Yeah. Don't Make Me Think. Yeah. And it's a really good book that breaks down user experience into understandable like language. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is though, the gentleman who wrote the book, I haven't looked at his website in a long time, but he had a really old website and he wasn't taking his own advice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, physician heal thyself. Yes. Uh, yes. Joey, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me today. We're going to make sure that um, people can find links to cuppaseo.com and joeydonovanguido.com so they can learn more about what you do and more about user experience. And if you have enjoyed today's conversation and you'd like to find other resources for your business, be sure to check out digitaltoolbox.club. Look for MTFW wherever you listen to 